0: Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to Get get Jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 53 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter with the second attack by the Phantom Troop on the auction.
1: Yeah, um, the Phantom Troop is actually a really interesting theater troupe uh, made of ghosts. Um, They uh, did their first rendition um of a uh, movie originally with the first version of casper that came out uh there was the fat ghost and the skinny ghost and also that other ghost seems like they would do a lot of good shakespeare too with that kind of specific oh yeah talent. yeah yeah but i mean if you want to go see their shows they're up in toronto in other parts of canada you know ghosts okay. like to go to canada but anyways let's go ahead and jump in
0: Ghosts like to go to Canada? The... <laughs> Alright. <laughs> sure.
1: You know how ghosts are. Ghosts go to Canada. <laughs> hey, everybody.
0: <laughs> so, uh, I, this is an interesting week. We're doing, like we said, we're doing Hunter x Hunter or Hunter Hunter for some of the ex- easily offended listeners out there. And uh, it's like five episodes worth of content but it's not that much stuff that happens yeah. and it's not yeah. it's like it's not filler but it's not a lot of content but it's not uninteresting but it's not that exciting but it's
1: not bad yeah but i mean there's there's also this uh really amazing, amazing fight that happens at the very end of it
0: <laughs> yeah which is i was watching it and i was like okay are they gonna get to it and then they did and then like I mean, we'll get there, but I'm pretty sure that's the whole thing. But it definitely feels like just half of it, or maybe just like a little bit at the beginning. But I think that's the whole thing. Anyway, we'll yeah. cover that in, in a little bit. But uh, Whatever. Uh, new first notes. things first,
1: um, we are almost uh, to um, putting out our newest show that's going to be attached to this. Um, I was going to announce it during this episode, but... I feel that we should give the listeners one last chance to get one desperate vote in um, <laughs> as, as they will be able to uh, get this episode um, well I guess they're getting this episode on Sunday so you have like one right. week left to submit stuff. Way um,
0: less time actually because we have to record on, usually we record by Tuesday and so that means if you get this episode and you would like to vote, you need to vote upon listening to it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So so as soon as you get the episode, vote. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, um, we're. I think in the past when we've been replacing shows, we've had an easier time of it because we've had a more specific upswelling from you guys as listeners, and we've also had a stronger opinion on like the suggested shows as the the show hosts. And this time, I feel like we have. A lot of divergent interests and we're kind of weak would be happy doing a lot of the things that you guys have suggested and you guys have suggested a lot of very different things and so it's mm-hmm. just uh it's bringing it down to the wire here but you know we'll have something for you next week no matter what it is yeah. so if you have a strong opinion make it heard now
1: yeah so uh other things inside of the anime world uh First and foremost, I have been uh, getting completely caught up on My Hero Academia, oh, which man, I'm, I'm still hearing behind. people call uh, My Hero Aka, which I'm going to start calling it. Um, I, I hear and, it as
0: just Hero Aka too. That's, I think, like yeah. the super lazy uh, abbreviation.
1: So, there is a fantastic video that was just put out by Giguk and I, uh, I, I watch this video sometimes. And this one, um, you should definitely go watch. But before you do, get caught up in My Hero Aka. Because if you do not, it will have some uh, pretty significant spoilers in it. So don't do that if you're not uh, caught up. <laughs> That's but good, because I've almost that watched said, that a few times,
0: and I am not caught up.
1: <laughs> yeah, with that being said, there is one of the sickest fights in My Hero Academia in this season. Actually, two of them um, that are Fucking fantastic in this season. So you should definitely, definitely watch it. Um with that being said, Blake has some other notes about new shows and one show that uh might be coming to a close.
0: Sort of. So yeah, I read a couple of articles about this forthcoming show, and we finally got our first trailer, and that show is um I believe it's called The Dragon Prince. And that is a new show from some of the creators and writers of Avatar The Last Airbender. If you are a fan of our (laughs) show or uh, have been around for a while, you've probably heard of Avatar The Last Airbender. If you haven't watched it, you should. It's extremely good. Um, It starts a little slow and a little bit like a kid's show, but don't let that fool you. It's an excellent show. Um, So we are now getting a new show from some of the people behind that. I'm really excited. And... um, I share in a little bit of the disappointment when the trailer was revealed the art style is not the same as Avatar The Last Airbender or um, Netflix's Voltron The Legendary Defender, but uh, it still um, holds the promise of being a great story because um, the people who wrote Avatar made a beautiful piece of work, Um, and it's been a while since then, and... uh, they got a lot of experience from that experience and from the Legend of Korra following it. So
1: yep.
0: um, I'm really excited. Um, I think the animation style, I wish it was being done in that Avatar The Last Airbender, Legend of Voltron, Legend of Korra kind of thing, but uh, it's not, and it's still probably going to be a good show, and I'm really pumped about it. I think it comes out this September or thereabouts. And um, yeah, the other, <laughs> the other article I read, this was... Just sort of randomly popped up in my feed one day, and um, it was in a recent article. Uh, uh, sorry, a recent interview with Ichiro Oda, who's the guy that writes One Piece, and he said that One Piece is about at the eighty percent finished mark, so it is coming to a close. However, it was noted that in like two, it's either two thousand sixteen or two thousand fourteen, he said that it was at the like sixty or 65 percent mark and like in 2010 it was five percent close like further away than that so just because we're we can see the finish line doesn't mean we're close to it but according to him that is about where we are um so i thought that was interesting and yeah, especially since we bring that anime up a lot and um there you go. If you're waiting on the end of it, it's gonna come in the next one to twenty years.
1: Yeah, surreal. So that's that's uh that's what's gonna be going on with this. Yeah. Um anyways, uh with that being said, we're going to go ahead and uh jump in with our previously on Hunter X Hunter.
0: <laughs> so good. So we've got a couple of main characters. One is Gong, he's our plucky approximately twelve year old kid. He's really energetic, really sincere, kind of blunt, and mostly just completely lovable. He has a best friend named Killua who's about his age and is sort of the strong silent type. He is a kid who grew up in a family of professional assassins and has been trained to be one of those since he was a child. So he's a little fucked up from that, but gone has kind of lightened him up a little bit. Um, They are hanging out with a friend of theirs named Leorio, who is significantly older than him, although not nearly as old as he looks. Um, He's not super important. Mostly all you need to know about him for this section of episodes is that he is their friend. Um, They are all working together to raise money to buy something called Greed Island, which is a super rare video game. Um, It's really important to Gon and Killua because it holds secret clues as to where Gon can find his father uh, because his father left him when he was a kid with his aunt and has not been seen since and is sort of basically creating a challenge for his kid like if you want to see me you have to find me so this is their first big clue ever since they became um, able to use the magic system in this world called men and so they're trying to get it but it's super expensive and it's being sold at this auction the auction happens to have been cancelled after all of the merchandise was sold and everyone at the auction was killed. This happened because of this group named the Phantom Troop. Their symbol is a spider, so sometimes you'll hear them referred to as the spiders. Um, The Phantom Troop has 12 members, I believe in addition to their leader, although I'm not 100% sure if that's right. And um, the uh, Phantom Troop are basically just a a set of amoral thieves who are also super, super powerful and dangerous people in this universe. Um, They have also been targeted by uh, another one of Gon and Ko's friends named Karapika. He's sort of the fourth member of their four-man band from the first arc of the show. And um, he has a personal vendetta against the Phantom Troop because he is from a clan that was entirely wiped out by them, um, with, of course, the exception of him. Um, and so he wants to get revenge on them. Um, that pretty much brings us up to date. Um, Kurapika has actually successfully gotten revenge on one of them, and so the Phantom Troop is pretty on edge now because one of them has uh, gone missing and is presumed correctly to have been killed. Um, they know that the person who took this one of their members out um, is able to use some sort of chains, but they don't know his identity beyond that, and they are trying to figure it out. So cool. that's gonna lead us into episode forty eight which we'll be covering up to fifty two today
1: yeah, so episode forty eight is very x sharp x i um gone and uh friends have decided that they need money in order to get this uh this greed island. Uh, video game, and in order to do that, the first thing that they need to do is they need to figure out how much it's going for. So, um, in order to get that, because they don't have nearly enough money to buy the thing, they have to, uh, pawn off something, and, uh, so Gon is just like, well, I'm just gonna sell my Hunter license, because that's a good idea. It's not like you spent an entire arc and half of your life getting that in the first place or anything. Whatever. They
0: also... (laughs) They also talk a lot about how important hunters' licenses are, yeah. and how they are not replaceable, but they are super valuable. So people will try to like take them from you or con you out of them. So this is super risky, and I don't remember there being any major repercussions for this, but there really should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they. So the other thing that's going on is that they have been. Um, there has been a huge bounty placed on the heads of the Phantom Troop members because they killed everybody at the auction. This auction is being run by these um, 10 mafia families, and so they're pretty pissed that somebody messed with this, and they want some justice. They are offering a ton of money for this, and Gon and Killua and Liario think that this might be a good way to make some cash so that they can buy this super expensive game. Um, So they pawn off this... um, this hunter's license and then they go into what feels like almost a filler subplot suddenly and without warning. And I don't think it is, but like they're just, they go to like this open air market that turns out to be like essentially a silent auction. Mm. And they do that for a few money uh, for a few minutes. And then (laughs) uh, I guess they also get a few money out of it because that's (laughs) kind of the end goal because they flip it
1: so, Blake's meandering on about how you can take a few money to make a few money. Um, is You know, it is... take a
0: money to make a money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Truly, they'll take a penny, leave a penny of uh, announcers, <laughs> is Blake Doris. Um, anyways, so um, what is going on inside of this place is that uh, they are in the middle of York New City, and the big thing about York New is that uh, they have these open-air markets where you can do a couple of different things. Uh, the first... Is that you can go to this market and bid on a bunch of stuff? They're doing that, and they start to notice if they, they if they focus their uh, their NIN, they can see a little bit of residual NIN left on different objects. And they assume that, uh, pretty rightly, that these different objects that have NIN attached to them, or residual NIN, as they keep on calling it, um, they must be more expensive and kind of like diamond in the rough things uh, that you yeah. find. Um, It makes
0: them more valuable because essentially there are Nen users who might infuse something with Nen, but also Nen is kind of an ambiguous life energy. So even if you're not a Nen user explicitly, if you are a particularly talented craftsman, then you're going to leave a mark on the things that you make and those things would then of course be more valuable because they would be made by a much more skilled craftsman yeah. so that's essentially what they're doing is they're they're able to determine what things are really high quality
1: Yeah, so they're bidding on a whole bunch of the different things and they start to notice that there's this other guy that's bidding on things too. Um, They don't really pay attention to them. They end up bidding on four things. They get three out of the four Um, and then they take uh, these three out of the four to this other market where they're going to try to sell them to somebody that is appraising them. So when they go inside of there, two of them get appraised at a really high value and they're super excited about it. And then the last one is going to be uh, this box that's made of wood um, around it this wooden It looks like a Buddha statue, kind of. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, we're going to sell this. And the appraiser's just like, no, no, no. This this isn't very expensive. Let me just take it to the back and check it out for you. And then yeah, we get to meet our new is character. <laughs>
0: yeah. Don't get attached, but not for the reasons we usually say that. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who is designed like he could be an important character or not. Mm-hmm. And who is introduced like he's definitely an important character. And he is Definitely not. His name is Zipile, and he is an appraiser. Uh, That's it. He's really good at appraising things. He happens to know a thing or two about these wooden statues. They are a certain type of object that is actually valuable because it's used to hide things inside of it. Mm -hmm. And really all you need to know is that he basically prevents the shopkeeper from taking it back to, quote-unquote, appraise the value of the wood— Because he deduces probably correctly that the shopkeeper knows what it is and is going to try and steal the treasure from inside Uh and then give them back a dud. Uh Uh, The other thing is, a little bit later in this episode, he's going to talk a little bit about the different ways that people can crack these guys open that might fool an amateur appraiser and one way that is able to fool even expert appraisers. And that is going to be of... Minor plot relevance in about two episodes. Yeah, but this that's episode,
1: pretty much it. this also, uh, this episode also gives us like a very brief flash, uh, flash moment where they pick up a knife and they're just like, "Oh, this knife must be oh, made yeah. by a master crafter." Then we cut away from the knife and we're like, "Why did they hold up that knife?" And then we're gonna have like a, a, yeah. a quick little cut back to that and uh, like a wink to that inside of the anime as well. But don't worry yeah. about it. Um, it was definitely
0: <laughs> a Chekhov's knife, but. Yeah. It feels like it is, and then when you when it turns out that it was a Chekhov's knife later, it's like a different knife and it feels fairly irrelevant. Like it's mostly world building that just happens to be brought up again, but it definitely reads like Chekhov's knife.
1: Yeah. So uh what is going to end up happening to Zapile is that inside of this wooden uh safe he is gonna find a whole bunch of like treasure and stuff. And because of that, uh he he decides to keep on uh staying with these like um, with, uh, Gon and Killua. And also he's like, Hey, since I helped you out with this, why don't you give me a little bit of money? Um, and they're like, uh, Killua's like, no. And Gon is like, sure. And then he's yeah. like, no, 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 it's fine. You can just pay me back by buying me a meal. They take him out for a meal. And then while they're at the meal, the first thing that comes up is like, gone's like, by the way, we're going to give you part of this money, by the way. So like yeah. Killoway keeps Gon's on getting
0: not a good negotiator. <laughs>
1: yeah. So Killoway keeps on getting annoyed with Gon, but Gon keeps on coming back with him being like the best kid. Um and uh, we're going to find out really quickly that the reason that Gon um and Kilawa are trusted by Zapile is that Zapile feels like they're really honest. And Gon yeah. can tell that um, this guy is really honest too. And so he wants to uh, treat this guy really well. So the last nice. thing that they were bidding on was this weird little statue. And they find out that Zapile used to, when he was trying to make money, make fake statues of uh, these real, very expensive ones and try to sell them inside of the market. He is embarrassed that he did this now, but it's the impetus that made him a uh, sc- it made him an appraiser in the first place. And Gon's like, don't talk down about yourself. It's really good. I can tell because of all the residual nen on this that you spent time and love into it. And it's a really good piece. Don't put yourself down. And I'm sorry I said it looked weird earlier. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just like, basically, this episode doesn't really amount to much. Like, they don't make a significant amount of money. They are not going to spend very much more time, if any, flipping antiques. Um, And Zapile will be seen again, I'm pretty sure, but not in any of these episodes we're covering today. And I can guarantee you that at least as much as the anime is concerned, he's not a major character. Like, he is an extremely minor character in this arc. And really, what what this episode serves to do is to set up the fact that Gon is a good dude.
1: Like, that's kind of it. And the other thing that's that's kind of sweet inside of this episode, too, is that we're we're going to uh, find out that he is going to be taking care of all this bidding stuff. So we don't have to see any more boring bidding stuff that is going to be taken care of by Zapile, who is going to be an off-screen character. So yeah, let's the go show, ahead.
0: <laughs> this show is so weird because it often will do little divergences like this where it focuses on the minutia of something that really we don't care about but it does it in this very loving way where you're kind of along for the ride. Yeah. But then it's like often doesn't amount to anything. It's so weird. It like, honestly, this is the second time I've watched the show and it's like half the time I'm like, why do I like this? And then half the other time I'm like, I like this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, let's go ahead and get into the next episode called pursuit X and X analysis. Um, (laughs) this episode is, uh, pretty good, but, not a lot happens. Um yeah. Really, uh, I I hate to say this about Hunter x Hunter, but this is one of those episodes that you literally need to know one thing about it, which is that Gon and Killua are going to fo- follow these two characters um, from the Phantom Troop. And that is all that is going to happen in this entire episode. And at the yeah, end of the episode, that's... Gon and Killua get caught.
0: So this I, section is it, this whole section of the story, and honestly, a lot of Hunter X Hunter, it's it is supremely decompressed storytelling. Yes. like if you want to boil down the important points of Hunter X Hunter, you're you're actually going to cover maybe one an episode, sometimes not even.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's just it's a story that's told with enough care and by someone who clearly cares about their characters and the world that the characters inhabit enough that it's fine. And you, you enjoy it for the most part. Although I will say that even on my first watch through, it made me antsy. Because, I mean, what I'm here for are cool magic fights. And Hunter x Hunter definitely delivers, but not nearly as much as you think it's going to. And they also tend to be really quick fights instead of the drawn out ones that you might be used to if you watch Naruto or Bleach or Dragon Ball Z.
1: Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, there are two Phantom Troop members that you're going to meet inside of this episode, um, called Machi and, uh, Nobunaga. They are, um, being pursued by Killua and Gon when they see them inside. They get, like, a tip-off, um, at the very end of the last episode. Um, apparently, uh, um, uh, Leorio has put out, like, an ad Um, that's like if you see uh, some members of the Phantom Troop we know who some of them are Um, let us know and we will pay you money so these two random people that are sitting inside of uh, like a bar area they like call Leorio and they're like hey these guys are here come we're going to stay beside them until you tell us that you're in the area and they're like freaking the fuck out the whole time which is
0: appropriate
1: yes because they're like (laughs) we know these people are dangerous we don't want to be around these people as much as long as possible. Please get us out of here as soon as possible. And uh, so they... they And then they do. Yes. <laughs> so they run off. Killua and Gon run after uh, these two people. Um, <coughs> and they're suppressing their Nen um, and all of their life energy with one of their abilities that they had learned from Wing in previous episodes. Um, and uh, they do that for the rest of the episode until... At the very end, you find out that uh, they get like a phone. Nobunaga gets a phone call, and he's like, "Hey, you were looking for these people." And Nobunaga turns around and looks up, and he's looking right at Gon. Gon flips his shit and turns to run, and as soon as he turns to run, there's two other Phantom Troop members, one behind Killua, one behind Gon, and then you get one of the sickest sayings, which tells you how powerful these people are. Um, Kilawa turns around and he sees that Nobunaga is now behind him. And Kilawa just says to himself, I'm on the fourth floor. <laughs> like, yeah. it has been like a second. And this is how fast this person is, which is, it just makes them freak the fuck out because they're like, these people are insanely powerful and we are trapped and there is no way out. Um, which takes us into the next episode, um, which is going to be LAX and X sword.
0: Yeah, so um, essentially this episode, Gon and Killua have been kidnapped by the Phantom Troop, and they kind of don't know what to do with them. Basically, they interrogate them a little bit in the previous episode before kidnapping them, and I don't know if that bleeds into this one before they take them back to their HQ. I think this starts with them at the HQ. Essentially, they want to know, are you following us because you're connected to the chain user? Because we're trying to find the chain user, and we want to kill that person. So what we as the audience know is that the chain user is their very good friend, Karapika. But the characters don't know that. And I actually put a note uh, at the end of the last episode's notes that I think it's pretty good dramatic irony, actually. If you've ever wondered what dramatic irony is, it's when we as the audience know something that the characters don't know. And it's kind of being brought forth. This is a good example of that. And um, the uh, Phantom Troop, they kind of seem almost strangely dogged in their pursuit of this information because at first they catch them at the end of the last episode and they interrogate them each individually both of them truthfully saying that they don't know anything about any chain user then they take them back to their headquarters which we will see very briefly in a flashback Um, and then at the headquarters they basically do the same questions but all of the troop members are there except for their boss Uh So it's 10 or 11 super powerful, dangerous people questioning these two kids. And they, of course, still don't know anything. And then we're going to learn that one of the people who picked them up um, wasn't it wasn't Machi or Nobunaga, but it's a troop member named um, Pakunoda. She's this woman with a really long nose. And otherwise, she looks kind of like just a normal blonde woman. Um, She has some sort of ability to um, search people's memories, is what um, Kilowa suspects based on how they discuss them. And so essentially we see that she was riding with her arm over Kilowa in the car while they were being transported here. He deduces that she was probing his memories to see if he was telling the truth about them, not knowing the chain user. The Phantom Troop is a little suspicious that maybe the two kids were hired to trail the Phantom Troop members by the chain user, but that the chain user did not reveal that fact about himself to them, so they might know who the chain user is even though they don't know that that person is a chain user. Uh-huh. So I kind of see where they're coming from, and uh, it is also granted like Gone and Killua were able to trail them pretty successfully for a while, so there's a little bit of... Um, inherent respect for these guys but uh yeah it is a little bit weird that they are so adamant about um like questioning them over and over again about the same thing and then they talk amongst themselves with an earshot of gone and killoa about who the chain user is as far as like what do they know and they're like we know he uses chains we know he was just hired by the Nostradi family to be a bodyguard of theirs. And then Killua figures it out because he knows that their friend, Karapika is a very skilled combatant who has a big grudge against the Phantom troop and who has just been hired as a bodyguard. So Mm -hmm. he realizes that Karapika is probably the chain user, which of course, again, we know is correct. And then realizes that if they scan his memories again, they're going to find out that he's figured it out. Yeah. Um, that adds a lot of tension, but doesn't come to anything.
1: Yeah, this episode also reveals a couple of things about the Phantom Troops' interworkings that um, you might not pick up on if uh, if you don't watch these episodes. Uh, first and foremost is that all decisions that are made by the Phantom Troop are made by the boss and then handed down to the other characters inside of the Phantom Troop unless the boss is not there and then all decisions that are made that are dangerous or that might have risks involved are decided with a coin flip. Um, well, all disagreements are decided
0: because yeah. in fighting is prohibited.
1: Correct. So um, they so, do that a lot in this, yeah.
0: in this episode and the last one.
1: Mm-hmm. So they flip a coin in order to do that. The second thing is that we learn that Nobunaga, his best friend inside of this troop, was Umbara, who was the one that was killed Uvogen. by Kura Pika. Pe- uh, Vogan, sorry. Um, wait, what? Uvogan. Uvogan, sorry. Um, He was killed by Kurapika. He was Nobunaga's like best friend. And while um, being interrogated, Gon is having this arm wrestling fight with this guy. And Nobunaga gets uh, finally slammed down when um, Gon is upset about other people and he is thinking about uh, protecting them and understanding where he's coming from. He understands two things from this. First... He understands that Gon is at his strongest when he's caring about other people, and the second is he finds out that he's an enhancer type, just like his friend um was Bogen. before, it, uh, who got killed.
0: And yeah, it, this... it's a really nice moment because yeah. Nobunaga is basically sort of torturing Gon by like continuing to beat him in arm wrestling, and it's making Gon's hand bruised and he's starting to crack and bleed and. It's hurting him clearly, but, you know, he's a pretty tough kid. And um, then Nobunaga basically breaks down and starts crying about Uvogan's death and how passionate he is about revenging him. Uh And then Gon wins the next arm wrestling contest because he's so pissed. And he basically says, you know, fuck you for having emotions about this one person and not having any empathy towards the many other people that you've killed. And it's... It's totally true, and it's a good hero moment for Gon.
1: And then Nobunaga does a weird thing. Nobunaga is like, I respect you for this. You should become part of the Phantom Troop. You and Killawa should both become part of the Phantom Troop, and I am going to watch you until um, until, uh, Boss gets back so we can vote on this and Boss can decide. So yeah. all of the which other which is Phantom
0: insanity tri- because Gon and Killua both immediately reject the offer to join, and Gon specifically says, "I would rather die than join you." And then Nobunaga basically ignores them and is like, "We'll wait until the boss gets here." And I'm like, "What's your fucking game plan here, man? How are you going to coerce someone into joining?" Like. That doesn't make any sense based on the way that the members work. Like, this is a loose association of dangerous people who come together occasionally when their boss commands them for a job. And otherwise, they're just sort of dangerous people around in society. So, like, how are you going to coerce someone into being a member of that? It doesn't make any sense. And also, I totally want to go find some fan fiction about that because I want to see how it happens.
1: Yeah. Anyways... The, the next thing that is going to happen is all of the other Phantom Troop members are going to go uh, deal with... Uh, this, uh, this auction that is going to have its, its, its moved its location, but it's going to continue happening. And they understand this, and their boss knows this. Their bosses also, uh, tracked down that they have, uh, somebody in their care that is, um, very important, which is Neon from the previous episodes, who's the daughter of one of the, uh, the 10 mob bosses. So he's Specifically,
0: off- the one who has hired Karapika and a few others as bodyguards
1: correct so he is going to um he is going to summon the other phantom troop members and nobunaga is going to sit with kilua and gone inside of a room inside of their hideout um to try to hold them in place um gone and kilua decide that they're going to do this thing where they smash through the wall and then run away um we also find out that nobunaga fights with a sword that's not important because he's never going to we already touch knew that actually uh, but
0: it- What's cool about the wall-smashing thing is... This is actually a callback that I mentioned earlier... That Zapayel is going to teach them how to fool an appraiser... And they're going to use this as their idea for how to escape. Because they're yeah. in a windowless room with nowhere to hide... With one exit that Nobunaga is sitting in front of. Yeah, And was being real emotional... And he keeps sort of tempting fate... And starts talking about how he's going to sacrifice himself so Gon can escape... And Gon, meanwhile, is trying to remember the name of this thing that you can do to trick an appraiser. And as soon as he remembers it, he says it out loud. And Killua understands that this is Gon's subtle way of letting him know what that Gon has a plan of escape and what it should be. And the thing is, essentially, instead of opening up that little treasure holder At the top, where it's supposed to be opened, you open it up in the side, and master appraisers will not necessarily look there or look there as hard. And so Gon and Kiloa use this as their inspiration, and they just kick through the wall on either side of the room instead of going through the door at the end of it and Nobunaga is basically paralyzed by wondering who to go after.
1: Yes and Nobunaga does this thing a couple of times where he decides, he can't decide what he's about to go do. He's running after them, then he realizes that he's run into a trap and the trap is that Gon broke an extra wall and Gon was hiding in the room before and now Gon is running the other way um, through this building he is then going to run and he's going to be like, okay they're probably hiding in this building preparing to fight me so I'm going to get ready and I'm going to advance my like shield around me so i can figure out if anything enters in my area even if it's using uh zetsu i can i can notice it and then you, like, cut to outside where Killua and Gon are just like, no, we we just ran because we were going to die if yeah. we fought that guy. So they just got to escape. Meanwhile, I assume Nobunaga's just kind of inching around the building with his sword out yeah. like a fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> There's also, like, a really cute moment where Gon, Gon's like, man, I really wanted to fight that guy. And was like, you would have been killed. And Gon's like, I'm glad to hear you talking like yourself again. I'm the one who says stupid shit, and you're the
1: one who calms me down. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's really cute. that's all that's going to happen in this episode. And next we're going to go into episode 51, AX Brutal X Battlefield. This episode gets super sweet and then not so sweet and then super sweet again at the very end. So this episode is all about how uh, Neon has escaped from her bodyguards and she still wants to go um, to the auction to get the things that she wants to buy, right? So, um she has escaped and she is running to the auction and wouldn't you know it the guy that's just like hey do you want to ride into the auction just happens to be the boss of the fucking phantom troop and he yeah, drives which is not her. a
0: coincidence. He has found her and has oh, been yeah. tailing her he absolutely because her picture happened. was online.
1: Correct. Um so um he takes her into the auction building because he is going to try to go and uh and find find whoever it was um, inside of the the building um, that ended up killing um, one of his troop members. Um, he is uh, quickly surrounded by a whole bunch of assassins that were also hired. We also learn in this episode that uh, some of the hired assassins are Killua's uh, grandfather and father. Um, and uh, there's a whole bunch of other assassins that you don't need to know about because they don't matter and they're going to die. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> will be killed
0: off very unceremoniously without doing really anything at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Killua's dad, Silva, and his granddad, Zeno, have arrived. We have seen them, mostly Silva, briefly in plot lines that dealt with Killua, which were usually flashbacks or a brief excursion to Killua's home where uh, the rest of the main characters didn't actually meet Killua's family, but we saw them a little bit. Um mostly what we know of them is that they are a renowned feared and very successful family of assassins um and that their their uh, status as assassins has led to them bringing up their kids in kind of fucked up ways um this show has done a good job of building up anticipation because we know these characters are a big deal and in fact every time somebody finds out that they are from the Zoldic family they are horrified by it but uh we haven't actually seen much from them and so it's a pretty exciting time
1: yeah so the um the next thing that's going to be happening in this episode is that uh the leader of the um the leader of the phantom troop his name is crollo um he is going to have killed one of the assassins um there is a super sweet moment when you also find out that he's just been going around and taking people's pens and stabbing them into people's heads um and he's been leading an assassin up to this room and the assassin somebody was watching the dark
0: knight recently
1: (laughs) yeah so he thinks that he has the fucking drop on uh on uh On Krolo. It turns out Krolo was leading him there. And then you do not see the fight. You only see the aftermath. Which is that Krolo has used this ability. Where he has summoned these gigantic horrifying fish. Called indoor fish. That are made out of Nen. That can eat a person. And the person doesn't feel it. And the person doesn't die. Until the fish disappear by opening the room. Or uh, disavowing the, the... The ability. The Ability, yeah. Also, Neon has given this uh, prediction of the future to Crollo while he was with her. Um, it, it talks all about how, like, there's a requiem and it's about how, yeah. you know, one of these these uh, months has died and the 11 other months are going to avenge it and sing a requiem. Um, there's a lot of talk inside of this episode that doesn't really matter. All that you really need to know is that the Phantom Troop has decided to attack. They're slaughtering so many people roughly 2000, I believe like they, uh,
0: yeah, something like that. Well, we don't know if it's exactly 2000, but we do find out in the next episode that specifically 2000 bodyguards were called for this event. And it seems like most of them are being slaughtered. Yeah. But yeah, what's, what's um, interesting about the prophecy is that she, it, it comes out in poetry. So it's a little hard to see exactly what they're talking about, but it does, um, it, does seem to suggest that the Phantom Troop are going to be grieving and taking revenge on the death of one of their own. And it also seems to suggest that several more of them might die or that something else is going to happen that's going to shake them up.
1: Yeah. And
0: um, we may or may not find out what that is in the near future. Um, the other big thing is that Crollo has um, sent out an unusual command to the Phantom Troop. Usually they do things on the down-low, but his command this time is not only for them to attack the, uh, second auction, but for them to do it in a big way and to make a big fuss. So yeah. that is what they're doing.
1: So the next episode and last episode of coverage today is called episode 52, Assault and X Impact. This episode, um... There's a lot of stuff about Kirapika and Gon and Killua, and they're going to talk all about a lot of shit. And, yeah, uh, I literally Gon... didn't take
0: any notes for the first half of the episode.
1: Yeah, Gon is very upset at Killua because he has found out that Killua has killed a person. He is not okay with this. He is very frustrated with uh, Killua, and he understands why you would have to do something like this, um, but there is a lot of back and forth in this and a lot of talk about like what you should and shouldn't do. Um, Killua is going to go try to kill... Um, the leader of the phantom troop and forget about what he is supposed to be doing which is saving neon neon has been knocked out and they had sent for an ambulance to come and take her away so there is um there is an ambulance there there's a doctor being let up uh Killua is almost at the door when he um he gets called away to do his actual duty he leaves from the store and then there is this crazy fight um it's it's really sweet it's I thought it was much longer than it actually was. Yeah. Uh between um Killua's dad and Killua's grandfather. Um you should really just watch this fight. There's a lot of subtlety inside of it. There's a lot of back and forth. Um but uh Yeah, the
0: the basic overall thing is that what happens is that Silva and Zeno are gonna confront Krollo. Um Silva specifically has killed a Phantom Troop member in the past, and a few episodes ago um Killua mentioned essentially that the phantom troop was dangerous and he knows because his dad is this amazing assassin and was hired to kill one of them. And while he was successful, when he came home, he mentioned that the job had not been worth the money, which is essentially the highest respect. And, uh, for like from his dad, because he's such a good assassin that like, it's not hard for him. So for him to say that is basically to suggest that it, it was too much challenge for the cash and that it wasn't worth it, which is huge. Um, so these guys are going to come into this room with the leader of the Phantom Troop, and Silva knows a little bit about Crolo because uh, we haven't seen this in the show, but um, we're able to infer based on what we've learned so far about how Silva killed a member of the Troop in the past and an extremely brief flash of the two of them facing off when they were younger that these guys have met before. And um so Silva knows that Krollo's ability has something to do with stealing the abilities of others. Um and I don't know if they explain it in detail, but essentially Krollo is able to take your abilities through a series of like if if he's able to get you to fall into his trap so that he can seal your abilities away, he has this little book that he conjures, and then he can trap your abilities in there and use them as his own. And uh, and then they fight, and uh, it's fairly brief, and it's pretty cool. And yep. it it ends with a big attack being launched where Zeno, um, who's the grandfather, um, catches up to Krolo and pins him against the wall, and then Silva launches this huge attack that's kind of like a spirit bomb. Mm-hmm. And then the room lights up in a bright light, and it cuts to the outside and we see the entire building shake and hear this giant explosion and then we see a couple of other characters react in shock at what that might have been and then the episode is over
1: yeah the the only thing that you really need to know is that um we're going to find out some uh uh, more details on what's going to happen inside of this fight in the next episode um but it is uh ostensibly over and uh these episodes uh, are sweet to watch. I I would suggest watching episode fifty one and fifty two. If you're not a super super huge Hunter X Hunter fan, uh, you can probably go with what we said about uh, forty eight through fifty. Um, there are uh, a lot of build up to this. Um, there's uh, you get to basically see all of the different powers of the different Phantom Troops and a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of explanation in this. But we're not, we're not going to get to see their real fighting power until a little bit later on. Anyways, yeah. uh, stick with us, and we're going to talk about um, what is uh, in the next Coming episode um, after the credits.
0: Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions.
1: With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. These are level 5 sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free,
0: and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped.
1: If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jump. I don't know. Just vote. Vote yeah, for what seriously. you want us to watch. You only have like one day, guys. Yeah, we gotta
0: watch something. Vote.